So we're super excited today because we have guests aboard and we're using a four mic setup so we have a little bit of echo here so our listeners will have to bear with that. But we're really excited to hear about your story and um, we'll be introducing Eric and Phoebe and talking about sailing with kids. Hello and welcome to Covert Castaway. I'm Holly. Je suis Stéphane. Join us as we share what we learn and how we're making the transition to liveaboard cruising. Hey guys, thanks for joining us on our boat. Thanks for having us aboard. Yeah. It's beautiful. Lovely. It's great to meet you this week. Um, so let's get started. Why don't you introduce yourself and where you're from? My name's Phoebe. I grew up in Maine sailing, and uh, we now live in Colorado in the mountains. Awesome. So like us in Tahoe. Like you in Tahoe. <clears throat> and I grew up in Maine, so we have that in common, which is also super interesting. <laughs> Who would have thought? I know. It's just really bizarre. You have to go halfway around the world to meet somebody else from Maine. I yeah. know. It's weird. <laughs> Yep, and I, well, so we're actually high school sweethearts. So when she says she grew up story. in Maine, we grew up in Maine basically together. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we also, my family also independently sailed a lot on boats and um, yeah, just moving through the sport. And we were professionally yacht captains briefly for a while and worked on schooners after college. And then we've had a couple of boats. We lived aboard with our small children and they were before kindergarten. Cool. Um, I love how you call sailing a sport because it is absolutely a sport. Yeah. It's not a hobby. <laughs> and I think sometimes people have to remind themselves of that because right. uh, it's it's actually pretty physical or can be right. for sure. Absolutely. So um, you met originally in high school. How did you start sailing? Like what was your... Uh, I think we uh, went to the same sailing camp. We too. did. We went to the same sailing camp. Not very camp. big, especially oh. back uh, in the day. Not at the same time, and I'm sure we would not have cared for each other had we met each other at that time. Oh. But uh, we both uh, went to sailing camp. Um, I don't know, maybe eight to age twelve. Um, so we learned independently, and then we got together at age. 14 or 15 mm. and pretty much started boating together right away um it's just something that my family had always done and i just love yeah, it so true. much yeah Eric's Definitely family. In the DNA, for sure mm-hmm. so what kind of boats are we talking about at that time i started oof. on oof, late All sunfishes lasers optimus uh 420s was what huh. most of my experience was on racing those um but you know i'm i was not necessarily a phenomenal sailor i just enjoyed it and that was so yeah. i just kept going yeah, yeah, same here. And was that on lakes? No, it was on the ocean. Oh, on the ocean. I had actually never sailed on a lake until yeah. we moved to Colorado. Oh. <laughs> I know. But if you've ever been to the ocean in Maine, it's very lake-like. There's so many islands, it's completely protected. Right, right. And, you know, it gets warm, and so there's sailing camps just dotted all around yeah. the Portland area. Yeah. So yeah. It's definitely the thing to do. And if you've never sailed in Maine and Casco Bay, it's definitely one for the bucket list because it is such a unique system of harbors and islands. It's yeah. gorgeous. It's protected. Mm. The winds are fairly consistent, and it's just gorgeous. I have a question. Who is the most competitive between oh, the two of you? Me, for sure. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 
I happen to have won my I will, summer. I will Sam. spend more time <laughs> filling, though, I think. Eric is absolutely, Eric is more competitive, I think, with himself. So on our boats yeah, more recently, yeah. Eric will, like, just spend hours getting 1% more, 2% more, hmm. you know. A, All part of the fun, right? Yeah, yeah adjusting every single, absolutely every single line, and it drives me mad sometimes. Mm. So I think more competitive with, like, what is possible in the world uh, and with the boat is Eric, but what, if if you say that this is a challenge and there's somebody else doing the challenge as well oh, okay yeah very cool so your what tell us about your project tell us about the plan um well let's see it's been a little while since we've been on a boat since the kids went to college, uh, kindergarten in what 15 mm -hmm. so it's been a little bit and uh we sold a business so we have the time and we've got the means and mm -hmm. we started shopping and the concept of doing it on a multi-hull this time was definitely the move, for sure. Because mm -hmm. we've spent all our time on multi-hulls, so this... Mono-hulls. Yeah, excuse me, yeah. So yeah, all the time on mono-hulls to this point. So going on multi-hulls is awesome. I mean, even right here in the salon, we're, we're up. Yes. We have room, and we're not touching. So how did you make that decision, though? I mean, because, I mean, some people are purist when it comes to <laughs> monohulls like and if especially if that's I mean, what you buy the numbers effectively. Yeah. I mean if you spend this amount of money at a, a brand that I really like ML mm -hmm. uh, the ML 50 is about what you're gonna spend here mm -hmm. it's not going to go anywhere near as fast you don't have anywhere near as the same amount of living space oh, yeah. you have more payload but where are you gonna put it and you know, we know from experience, having crossed oceans and done a lot of things in monohulls, that it, the comfort is as good as it's going to get in that boat. But you're mm -hmm. still going to be rolling around on nine axes, and mm -hmm. you know, you know, if you really think about monohull sailing, that that perfect broad reach mm -hmm. is very elusive because <laughs> downwind is rolling, upwind is beating. At anchor, at anchor, cool. you got to get just the right condition. So, you know, you imagine this perfect monohull day, and you get them. But not very often, and I think on on this boat, a lot of them are going to be the perfect day. That's yes. what I'm anticipating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So your project is to sail around the world, or close. So yeah, it's it's the Uchimer 52 that we're getting. Mm -hmm. It's received in May of 24, and we initially are sailing to Australia over roughly the following 18 months. Yeah. Um, and we have 12 year old twins we're coming with, and they'll be 12 years old. 12 yeah. years old, yeah. They will turn, what, 14, actually. Right, time for trans. puberty. Yep. yep. It has begun. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. It's. I think you could argue we're a little late to the game as far as their development goes, but because mm -hmm. when they were with us before, they were too young to remember. They were three mm -hmm. and a half to four and a half. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah, it's going to be a good age for them. Yeah. I mean, there'll be some challenges, Just I'm sure. Just at the time when they don't want to hang out with us anymore, we're going to force them onto a boat with us for yeah. it's awesome. They, they want to go. They're yeah. extremely they excited. They, oh, love the, they love the concept. They've, we've been talking about it since we sort of got serious about buying a boat two years ago. And mm -hmm. So yeah, they're, they're all bored. So what if in 18 months after you arrive, mm -hmm. you cross, you arrive in Australia, New Zealand, the kids are like, mom and dad, we want to continue. So we can't extend. The rest of our life allows us to extend. Okay. Basically, that's an option. Close, close, an option. close to indefinitely. Um, so it's on the books. We've talked to them about that. They're, they're amenable, but I think we're all, we, we operate in kind of a gate system. So uh, yeah. there's the first gate of getting the boat, sailing around the med, making sure we're all on board. Yeah. 
And then we have the gate of going through Gibraltar to the Canaries, and mm -hmm. then the gate of crossing the Atlantic. And once we get across the Atlantic, we reassess. And yes. then we'll go through the Panama Canal and reassess. And then, you know, Marquesas get to Australia or New Zealand. Yeah. The next reassess point's all the way down to Fiji, I think, basically. Yeah. So. Yeah, we kind of are, are like that. Yeah, you know, we call them phases. Phases, yeah. chapters. Yeah. yeah, but it's a good approach, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it gives you the freedom to enjoy the moment without feeling obligated mm -hmm. to enjoy all the moments. Yeah, and I think it it allows you to to live it deeply, but feel mm -hmm. that you're not trapped. Yeah, because yeah, there's something about like having okay, we're we're gonna get here, but it's not this whole big huge thing. Yeah. Like we can kind of reassess and determine, so yeah. it doesn't seem so overwhelming. Exactly. Like oh my god, I'm stuck doing this for the next seven years. And, and if you have like a bad day, you know, yeah. it's like nice to go. Okay, we're just we just need to do this just one step, day. you know, or this one thing. Yeah. Well, and we've all lived. Almost all of us have lived like the seasonal lifestyle yeah. quite a bit. And I love the seasonal lifestyle because you have this imperative to do the thing. Ski season isn't going to end. Mm -hmm. We got to, let's go, we're going. You don't feel like powder skiing today. Oh, well, we're going anyway. Yeah. Because it's, you know. Because there's only it, so many powder days. There's yeah. only so many. Mm -hmm. Get out of bed. And so I think when you just say, well, we're only going as far as Australia or like, mm -hmm. we, like we've told the kids, like, if you guys really want to bail when we hit Granada, we can bail. Like it's on the table. Oh. Yeah. So hopefully that causes all of us to continue that viewpoint where it, Everybody this has enjoy, a say this too, enjoy yeah. every day to this every point minute, because yeah. we're under no obligation to continue. Yeah. That's yeah. Nice. Like, and, this, this might end, you know? Mm -hmm. And we've been really fortunate. So we met as youngsters and then went to college together. Um, you went to the same college? We went oh, yeah. to different colleges to begin. I went well, to school in Boston and, okay. and Eric went to school in Vermont and we basically every weekend we're driving four hours to see each other. Oh, so I know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so we transferred to the same school in New York and um, after that we started doing the seasonal lifestyle right away. We thought we got to have a few years to get our wiggles out, as we call it, and then we'll start our real life. Well, right? We also worked together almost the entire time. So mm -hmm. we worked together right out of college on sailboats. Schooners. Actually at the same place in Park City, schooners. And then we got our captain's license and worked together on that. And then yeah, I think you guys are on the wrong podcast. I think <laughs> you need to be on like how to make a marriage work or something. Yeah. Like. yeah. It's all well, sunshine and we rainbows we every day. Together yeah. Starting at 25 I six. mean, that's hardcore. It was pretty hardcore. Yeah. It was, uh, and, that whole, and we didn't just own the company together. We worked in person together up until last year. Mm -hmm. You'll be totally fine on a boat. Yeah. Like you're going to be fine. There are still You've moments. There are certainly still moments. I think um, you know because we've been doing the seasonal lifestyle and we've seen each other in stressful situations and we've seen each other through the good times, uh, you know, intimately. You know what yeah. the other person needs. You know how you react. I think that has been really helpful. Yeah. So since we're on this topic, yes, um, is there a uh, boat topic of friction? you know, that you care to discuss and like, or biggest difference, I should say, like. Hmm. Well, carbon yes. ass. No. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it is the Indian Ocean and points beyond. That's true. I, think I would be. love to circumnavigate uh -huh. right off the bat. Now, I don't necessarily want to declare that to the children right now. Yeah. They won't be listening to the podcast. No. Let's <laughs> skip over this part. Uh, like inappropriate scenes in a movie. Here, you don't really want to go past I, Australia because you know, I just, I am, I'm getting there, but, um, you know, as a woman growing up in the times that I have, I don't necessarily want to go to a place where I don't have the same rights as... Mm -hmm. In the as, Islamic world is what in, you mean. Well, depending, mm -hmm. no matter where it is, yeah. um, you know, and 
and I'm just navigating that and mm. maybe that will change and and who knows I mean they're gorgeous wonderful places but that's it's a factor you mm -hmm. know? and there are I lots see. of factors it's not the only factor I feel like especially if the Red Sea and Suez yeah. opens up a little bit more and people are starting to go through without military escorts yeah. I, I think mm -hmm. that'd be really attractive yeah. I think it's it's such an interesting time we're living in because things change so quickly mm -hmm. right yeah, um, for good know, and bad. For good and bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, what is the geopolitical situation right now might not be the geopolitical yeah. situation in 90 days. Yeah. You know, so. I'm with you on that. I mean, that's why one of my first gates was always the um, Australia, New Zealand. Yeah. Mm. And then we kind of reassess because it's like after that point, I mean, I can now picture Indonesia and yeah. Thailand and all that because we, we went to Bali um, earlier this year. Yeah. You loved it. Um, but it's like after that, there's kind of a lot of water and a lot of unknown, yeah. you know, and so. It's like okay, what's that? What's that whole section look like? You know, and then yeah. you. But then at Delhi, like by the time we get to Australia, New Zealand, you'll be like a pro. Oh yeah, and yeah. you know the exactly. both in that's and out. That's the other thing. Yeah. And so it would be like that, that mental block right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah in, in our previous cruising days, we ended up, especially on the Holder Grassi Forty Six, is a it's a heavy boat and it's yeah. a very strong, well built boat. Like mm -hmm. receiving that boat at the factory. They just, it, it's due on the 26th at noon. Here are the keys. Mm. Good day. There's no break in. There's no, mm -hmm. it just, it works. Yeah. It's on time and it works, and that's it. Mm -hmm. There's no training because there's no need. That, mm. and, but in any event, that boat's amazing. And we ended up sailing to a point where if the forecast calls for less than 25 knots, we wouldn't go on a passage because it's going to be too mm. slow. Mm. And like that boat was so capable, you'd be like, yeah, 25 to 35 is actually ideal cruising condition. Oh <laughs> yeah. You hear yeah. That? So what's the scariest situation you guys Ooh. have been in together? Wow. I'm going to go probably blasting out of the black cut in the Exumas. That was pretty intense. It was Wait, a high the is That's where we're going. Yeah, so, I mean, they're lovely. If you haven't been, or if you're, well, for your listeners, yeah. um, there's, there's quite a bit of tide in the Exumas. More than you think. There's like six feet. What? And yeah, yeah, this, it moves. It, and it rips through those cuts. So they mm -hmm. get what they call a rage in the, in the local area where it rages out through the cuts. And of course, it's going from 15 feet of sand to like 3,000 feet deep in mm -hmm. no time, like right out. And these cuts are narrow. I mean, they're marina, marina sort of dimensions. Okay. You know, maybe two boat lengths wide, four boat lengths wide, something like that. And as that current goes out, the prevailing winds are coming at you. Mm. So the seas are coming at you, so they kick way up. And we're trying to, we're being paid to sail the boat. We're just trying to sail it to Puerto Rico. And we're supposed to be there at a certain time date. So we had a window. Mm -hmm. So we actually, we actually called, uh, what is it, Chris Rummer? One of the weather forecasting mm -hmm. guys. And we're like, we'd like to sail down right behind this north front. Because a big, big north front's coming through. Mm -hmm. And if you know the area, the trade winds are in your face. And behind a north front, they're behind you. Or at least on your side. And if you chase the north front south as it goes, mm -hmm. you will have wind... Consistent wind. Strong wind behind you, becoming moderate wind next to you, becoming no wind at all as you go down. Because the, the north front just kind of dissipates, just disappears mm -hmm. into nothingness. So it's a great way to make a lot of miles southbound without beating your head into the wind the whole time on, on a single tack. So we had a lot of incentive to do so. Well, we call Chris Romer. We're like, this is our plan. He's like, absolutely not. <laughs> Terrible plan. Don't do it. And we're like, 25 years old. So we're like, got it. We're going. No, you did it anyway. Anyway. So yeah. what was his objection? What, do you remember? What? Too dangerous, basically. Oh, okay. The yeah. seas were up. I mean, because especially in the exhibit, that's called the tongue of the ocean in there. It, it's notorious for being rough because the current's compacted and sloshing about in the tongue of the ocean. and You've got to fetch around 
whatever that Long Island is. Uh, anyway, so we, we're going out. <laughs> we're going out, and it, we believe we've timed the tides right, but it, this is 20 years ago. The tide tables were not accurate at all. We had multiple tide tables. They just And it's not... Uh, it's not a diurnal tide cycle there. It's mm. it's multi-harmonic, so it's all over the place. Yeah, so we thought we had it, and we kind of did. But as we come out through the cut, you can see it's just raging. Um, so there's a narrow area where it isn't breaking, so we're going. Mm-hmm. And so throttle all the way down, a lot of cloth up, because if you're going out through waves, we want to maintain directionality. Mm-hmm. We cannot stall, because once you're out, either it's side fine. of you so for 20 miles is... So it's just like a little is, period of time that's stressful. It contained a little more stress than that as it went on. So we got out and you basically punch out through these giant waves, you know, like those little YouTube shorts. Like how big? Oh, I would say, I don't know. They weren't, they weren't, we weren't a wash. So at least there was that. We weren't a wash. But then we, you crack off Mm -hmm. and now we're not going straight into them. We're on, not, not quite a beat, but close. And like within five minutes, it's like wave and the whole boat jumps over mm-hmm. and we find out later that in the master cabin the owner had left a book on one of the side tables and it's fiddled with like a one inch fiddle that book jumped the fiddle and landed about six inches and dented the wall on the opposing side of the cabin above its, its other side so we had obviously oh. therefore knocked down just slightly past vertical oh. or horizontal so we would have been at like something like 100 110 degrees um, nobody came out of the boat. Everything's fine. Again, if you're thinking about buying a Hulber Rousey and you yeah. want to do things like this, do it. Yeah. Um, and uh, made it. We go out maybe two hours. Night is setting. There's no safe harbor. There's no way to come back in because the same conditions you've gone yeah. out in are even more dangerous to come in because mm-hmm. you'll possibly lose control surfing in and it's night and they're narrow. Mm-hmm. So we're trapped out. And we are now beating. The weather forecast per use is off a bit. It's quite a bit stronger out there. I think it's 3540. And we're trying to beat around the tip of Long Island past Georgetown, and we're not scheduled to fetch it. So off we go. It was fun. Yada, yada, yada. The wind changed. We did fetch it, and we had a glorious passage all the way south. And we made it on time. And it was worth the stress and strain, but it was a little tight there. So what's your version of the story? My version of the story is, um, you know, moral of the story, I would say, I mean, Eric told it accurately, is that you don't have a, you you either have a time or you have a place. You don't Mm -hmm. have both. And that that was, you know, when you're a paid, you know, captain. Yeah, you, you have to be there on time and at the right place. Yeah. And I think as cruisers, you know, those of us that now do this for our lifestyle, yeah, mm-hmm. those are those are yeah. the rules. And so, in that time moment, in that moment, did you like? How did you kind of function, the two of you? Like, did you look at each other? It's like, why did you was make it that control decision? chaos or, or just like, chaos or what? Well, I think you don't have a choice, right? Like yeah. sometimes you get in situations and you literally don't have a choice. So those, so those cuts have a lot of current in them. Yeah, and, you, and like I described, they're so narrow. So yeah. your your decision point is not your decision point is before you went to the cut. Right. So you're you're like you're yeah, on you're the committed bank, at that you're point. Looking at the cut, you decide yes. It's yes. Mm-hmm. It better work out. Yeah. I, th- I think the big thing is communication, right? As all, in all life. So the communication is if we're doing this, we're doing it. 
Yeah. And there is We're no committed. discussion. You're that's already committed. Yeah. You're yeah. already committed. That's that's no time for infighting. Right. No, no, no. Sure. At that yeah. point, you know, yeah, it's, it's, too late. Like, it's almost like that calm, right? If you're in a real emergency, I don't know if anybody yeah. listening or you guys have been in like a real life and death yeah. emergency, you just kind of like have this calmness that comes over with you. Like, okay, and you just deal with the situation. Yeah. 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 And then afterwards you can freak out. Yeah. And and of course you do. Afterwards you're like, the wind drops and you're like, Damn, that was scary. <laughs> you know, yeah, so whoa. How, did the, how did the debriefing go? Like, what happened? Well, we were 25, so yeah. we were like, oh, we've survived, and now we will Let's go and have some beers. Yeah. The one thing, when you, as a young man, it was awesome to have an excuse to do things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And get paid for it. With somebody else's equipment. Yeah, <laughs> because, like, now... You know, you wouldn't do that now, not with yeah. your own really nice boat and your small children and yeah. better weather forecasting, I, more sense. So what was your lesson, like, to listen to the weather people? Or? Uh, well, I, I will say one thing even before I cover that is when you get done, you look back on it and you wonder if you're remembering it wrong. If it yeah. had been We so had a different passage and we were looking back on it and we're like, it was blowing 40 knots, right? Right. And we were like, I remember it being for sure seeing it on the anemometer. Right. And it's like, but here we are. It's like, we made it fine. We opened up this cooler we had on deck. This is a very small boat. And inside, it had been too dangerous to reach the cooler the whole time, mm-hmm. even though it was no, no five, five feet, five feet from the cockpit. And uh, all the cans inside and everything inside had shredded themselves. Shredded. So, shredded. shredded. So the cans Wait, were. Wait, what? All the cans inside of the cooler had been, been shredded from the motion. Because they were sloshing and getting banging against each other. They had been, been, they had been under other. such violent agitation. So you had to make a soup of We did. Something. Oh, yeah. And they, were, they weren't just dented. They were mangled. Shredded. Well, plus they probably exploded, maybe, from the... Yeah, but it's one thing to, like... You know, you drop a soda on the floor and it yeah. shoots out a little stream of pressurized yeah. water. This is not that. This, <laughs> wow. is, this is chewed by a dog. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So we so talked about like our scariest proof. things. That, that, I think the can shred, we call it the can shredding incident. incident. Yeah. Is, I think maybe mine. And I then. Think so? Oh, that's bold. I, and I think also because we were in a traffic zone and so there was a cruise ship that came mm-hmm. like out of oh, nowhere. Yeah, that's cruise scary. ships travel so yeah, fast. We were considering ditching into Savannah and it has a, such a, it has Savannah, a, it's a class A. Inlet, so it has this huge long traffic separation scheme, mm. and of course everything's constrained by drafts. So you're on your own, and we didn't end up going in, but we had to stand off for a second. I think the the moral of all of our tales, right? And because we've been in lightning storms and other things, I think the moral of everything is make know know your boat and make sure you trust your boat. That's yes. the biggest thing. I knew with the Halberg Rossi and with the Naya that we had, the boat could handle it. Yeah. I'd be the one that would be freaking right. out. And that's how I feel about Utremer too. I know the boat can handle it. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that has to keep yeah. my wits about me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I am. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you will. <laughs> I, will. I think you'll be just well, fine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I think the big thing is the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. I know. And I, I that's a hundred percent true. To like yeah. honor that too. I mean, the more you become an expert, we we also work in the whitewater or have worked in the whitewater rafting industry, and the most cautious raft guides are those that have been doing it for 15 20 years a long time the yeah. uh, and and the first year guides the first year guides are incredibly <laughs> are incredibly cautious the worst guides are the second year guys because they think they nothing's know. happened yet. Confidence the is confidence like, it's like that terrible 25 year old version of Phoebe and Eric yeah you uh, know they haven't been dinged they haven't flipped yet they think they know everything and it's yeah, it, it's ones. a little bit the uh, analogy to uh, skiing because we yes. we picked up the snowboarding a couple of years ago, 
And then, you know, snowboarding, also first, let's be clear, snowboarding over 50. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it's a different sport. <laughs> so at first it's like, oh, that's not natural. My feet are attached. I don't have poles. And, yeah. And then you start that little confidence. And yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm good at this. Oh, and then if you have a little powder thing. A little powder. Yeah. You start feeling good. And yeah. then as soon as you, mm-hmm. you reach that level of confidence, whack, bang. And you're like, okay, let's step back. <laughs> so I can, I can uh, relate to what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, that definitely happened to me. I, I was getting confident and feeling good about it. And then I kind of gave myself whiplash. And yeah. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm back on the green hills now. So. Take a moment. Yeah. 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 I think, um, you know, having the seasonal lifestyle of half of it on the ocean and then the off seasons we would spend in in ski towns um in our early 20s and then we had to get serious and you know make some money so we could buy a boat you know later mm-hmm. in life and uh and having that that appreciation of both the sailing and the skiing and just being up for adventure mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. is what keeps Absolutely. this still yeah i still want to learn i still mm-hmm. want to learn new things so i can have more adventure so i can I can do all of all the things. So, how about your your kids? Did they do they have any sailing experience? Did they did you bring them up to? Uh, they, to they're sail? pretty green. Yeah, um, they're little. So they, they lived on board for two years, but they were too young to remember. Yeah. Uh-huh. And but we know they don't substantially get seasick from that, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, they did sailing camp this summer because the best way to learn if anybody hasn't sailed before. I really implore you to learn on a sailing dinghy. Yeah, small boats. Absolutely, by far the most educational thing you could do. Yeah. Um, So they were doing that this summer, um, which they really embraced, actually. They did. Um, And, you know, like I said, they're excited for the trip. Um, They're probably not as adventurous as you might be thinking. It's not genetic. I don't yeah. know. For instance, they don't ski, but we live in a ski town. Huh. <laughs> they don't really care for skiing. Yeah, they do. They do whitewater stuff pretty well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, huh. but I think they'll be fine. Yeah. I think they're, you know, it's always, as any parenting moment, it's what you, how you present it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think um, the fact that Eric and I are excited about it, the fact that we want to make it fun for the kids has been a big deal. We're actually choosing options for our boat that maybe we wouldn't choose if it was just Eric and myself going. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure you have the battery capacity so you can charge the electric toys and mm-hmm. you know e-foils and getting yeah. the dinghy that's the proper size so you can do tow sports when you get into harbor mm-hmm. and yeah, that's um, perk. you know just in everything in life it's just about making it fun you don't have to do the prescribed recipe you don't have to mm-hmm. do what everyone else is doing just make sure you make yeah. it mm-hmm. fun well, for you like, so say we went an ml you wouldn't be able to fit easily all the things we're planning on bringing because mm-hmm. we're planning on bringing wing foiling kit mm-hmm. e-hydrofoiling kit toe sports off the back of the now 20 horsepower 3.6 meter mm-hmm. fairly giant dinghy the largest of this <laughs> um and just having all the toys total game changer yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean because otherwise it can be fairly business-like mm-hmm. especially on a smaller boat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think it's hard to in this day and age to give yourself permission to not do everything perfectly and so we're we're going into this knowing that we're going to make some mistakes and we might have to adjust and the kids might decide that they don't enjoy e-foiling and so we're you know we yeah. pivot and do something else mm-hmm. but i think giving yourself that permission to to not do it exactly right well and thing. opportunity for the kids to be exposed to different kinds of things exactly you know? yeah i think that's what's important any of those things yet yeah <laughs> so we're going to source the kit and yeah, yeah, yeah in the yeah. field so i know i'm thinking back like i want to be 
I want to have us as our parents. I know. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> like, yeah. What were you going to say, Stefan? No, and I think other kids they meet along the way also yeah. going to dictate what they might like because exactly. if other kids says, you got to eat foils, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. And then, you know, suddenly like, oh yeah, this is cool. I better learn how to eat foils. So I, I, yeah. I can show up. Look good in the harbor. Yeah. yeah. yeah we so, took a course on that. We took a course on free diving. I'm really excited oh. for free diving really well. Mm-hmm. We're able to do like almost two minutes of breath holding and wow. a very short training period yeah. turns out not my jam mm-hmm. you know it's so, not my thing either yeah yeah i'm yeah. actually inherently good at it for some reason <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, that's something that's i want to learn yeah he, he he's doing there. pretty good stefan's doing pretty yeah, good no, the exercises no we had somebody we did a class yeah and she had some tips and we we like we remembered he remembered what what they learned in the process yeah. so we did this for a little while testing but I've watched videos of yeah. free yeah. diving and I'm interested to kind of use the body natural. Yeah. So cool. Stefan, you, and then right after that happened, I dropped the pressure washer <laughs> tip into the ocean and you dove down like 30 feet or some crazy. The hero. But, but that was not applying any technique. It was more holding your breath. <laughs> Better get that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then it was so like, at least you've done that. Yeah. 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 If you're down to negative buoyancy. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm kind of like I'm kind of like oxygen. Good, good. <laughs> Carbon dioxide. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the big thing is just to be vulnerable and realize that you're not going to be an expert in everything right away. Mm-hmm. I think especially the marina and sailing community can be a little intimidating mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, obviously everyone knows this much, you know, so much more than me and. That's just not the case. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, everyone is was a first timer at yeah. some point. Yeah. yeah, you know, you guys are super impressive as a couple. Oh, and geez. I mean, it's really it's really awesome to see because you know we we do meet a lot of couples where maybe one person mm. knows how to sail and the other person's like, well, maybe this will be fun. Mm. I'm yeah. doing it for them, you know, kind of thing. So the fact that you both are into it and, and you have been together a long time, you've worked mm. through a lot of your, you know character defects or whatever. Right? <laughs> we were just this perfect from the beginning. Yeah. 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 We haven't eliminated them. But I do, exactly. have to say, I do have to say, Phoebe, I would love to have you back on. Um, there's women that listen to the podcast yeah. and it's so great to see, you know, someone, um, you know, who has been doing this for a long time, has so much experience and conspire other, inspire other women. Thank um, you. I, um, you know, I, I've been involved in a lot of male-dominated industries, mm. um, whether it was yeah. entrepreneurship, yeah. ski industry, whitewater industry, mm. and sailing community. Yeah. Um, and it can be. It can be overwhelming and yeah. intimidating on, on some parts. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are there are other women out there doing it. Yeah, there and are. And we're women, so we can yeah. do it. Yeah. You know? uh, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for meeting us. Absolutely. Um, Stefan, you have something? Oh, no. I, we were talking about kind of community, and, and I just wanted to get, since you just attended the Tremere Week, like, yeah. what's your first impression? Uh, well, a couple of thoughts. One, um, what Holly was referring to, how there's a lot of uh, parts of the couple who have a lot of experience and the others that don't. Mm. i got to give a lot of credit to the people that don't, that are willing I know, to it's jump a lot in. to take it on. It's yeah. so wonderful that people are, you know, just have the go-get-it attitude is, I think, the most important. Going to learn it from scratch, um, yeah. But we had talked about, we picked up a, a brand new Halberg Rossi in Sweden, uh, amazing boat, loved it, loved everything about it. And then now buying a new Ultramare, 
they are amazing with these weeks in terms of making sure you're physically, psychologically, <laughs> emotionally ready for these boats. Financially. And financially. <laughs> you know, all of the all of the prep, um, having these O weeks, these Utramare weeks has just been fabulous from the medical training to the yeah. offshore maintenance training to the electrical. It really gives you a lot of confidence. And just as Stefan said, like building community, yeah. just meeting all the other people mm -hmm. has been really great. Well, that's, I think that's, if you're assessing the brand out there in the world, we've gone to this and almost everybody here has big plans. They're going to own or operate. Yeah. They're going to go far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're going to live a They're going to go Almost unilaterally. Yeah. There's a handful of people who are kind of doing the, I'm just going to keep it in the marina at the mid thing and we'll see. Coastal sailing. But by yeah. and large, it's people doing difficult mm -hmm. things. And that speaks volumes about the brand, the selection. I mean, we talked to some other catamaran brands that one would think that was the case with, mm -hmm. which we won't be naming names. But we went to their little meetings and not one person, one of their buyers was going far by themselves. Okay. And I think that's it a does huge indicator. Volumes. Yeah, that's a good point. Huge indicator. Yeah. Um, so I'm super, super stoked on that. I think it's awesome. I, you know, I just think that's what people should do. Yeah. yeah. This, yeah. this winter we have... 27 or 28 Outremer crossing the Atlantic. Yeah. So I mean, that's, I mean, they're that's talking unbelievable. About running that's a great their statistic. Own, their own Outremer yeah. arc, effectively, because they have the numbers. Yeah, they have their own rally. Yeah, which is amazing. So that I love a, that yeah. so much. I think it's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So we have fireworks and a music show waiting for us um, out here in La Grande Motte. So um, we're going to move on to that. But um, again, thank you so much. You. You're so inspiring. You. And we'll definitely be keeping in touch with you and Absolutely. checking out your plans and when you get the boat you better haul it and meet us wherever <laughs> we're at because yeah. it'd be Sounds great good. to buddy boat with you yeah, guys absolutely. it'd be super fun so I'm to try the e-foil yeah. 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 I know exactly yeah. we'll have to have the kids show you how to do it <laughs> thank you for having us yeah fair winds for now bon bon